number 29. And I want to, uh, to take a couple different passages uh, in the Word of God. We're, of course, we're raising money uh, for uh, some things. And, of course, I mentioned the baptistry and, uh, and that need as well. And uh, there are several places in the Bible uh, where, uh, where Israel, Judah, uh, they went into, like, capital campaigns. Uh, the one that we're reading here is the second time uh, that we see that uh, in Scripture. The first time was Moses, and both were once was for the tabernacle, and the other for the temple. And, uh, and so they're raising funds, and we'll look briefly uh, at uh, this offering here in chapter number 29 uh, in focusing in on the motive for doing so, not so much the amount. The amount is incredible uh, in what they had done, uh, and, uh, and it's just kind of um, um, unprecedented. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, back then, and it should be today, um, our, we need to be 100% body in uh, to uh, the Lord uh, in, his, in our worship of Him, uh, in our life that we live for Him, because that's really what it's all about. You know, when you boil everything down, uh, we're all just, uh, we're going to die, uh, and we're going to stand before God, and we're going to give an account, and uh, of course we want to be saved uh, and know the Lord is our personal Savior, uh, but, um, but our life and how we live, what we've done for Christ, uh, will be measured against the standard of God's Word, not against our own standards and uh, our comparisons. Uh, we uh, Yesterday I was at the memorial uh, for Brother Zeke, and uh, they had it uh, at a, um, a Bible church called Northview Bible Church. Uh, they're in the northern part of Spokane. I'd never been in that area. It's very beautiful. Uh, and, um, and so it, it, primarily because uh, Liberty Baptist wouldn't be able to hold uh, the numbers of people that would come out for, uh, for that memorial service. And uh, whenever I go, it doesn't matter which church I go to, I'm always looking, you know, looking at stuff, snooping around, uh, you know, uh, opening drawers. No, I don't do that. Uh, and, uh, but I just, I just go around, I look at stuff, and uh, whether it's design or whatever, and uh, because, you know, I, I like that stuff. And, and I want for people to come to Berean Baptist Church to be comfortable for things to be nice. And so when things break, like the baptistry, it, you know, it's not, it's not a fun thing for me. And uh, uh, so, so those things are, they're important. They're not the most important, all right? Uh, you, you know, there are people all around the world who are sitting on, you know, um, benches that have been made, you know, you get splinters sitting in them. Uh, and they're sitting there for hours upon hours and have, having walked hours to get to church. You follow me? So comfort is, is a wonderful thing, and, and I'm not against that. Um, however, um, if we didn't have any of it, um, it, it would be okay uh, and, uh, because it's about worshiping the Lord. But one thing that I did see and, uh, that was over the top uh, is a lot of churches... Uh, like, I love coffee, and we don't have, like, a coffee. We have, like, a coffee station. Uh, but um, these people had, like, coffee. And, uh, and when you walk in, they're for you or whatever. And to the right, they had, like, a cafe and stuff. And, again, I don't think we should turn the house of God into a place of commerce and all that kind of stuff. We try to be very mindful uh, about those things. But they had... Um, Coffee, I don't know what, you know, uh, I was going to say urns, that's not the right word, coffee pots, the big giant um, industrial ones that you brew in and serve out of, crafts, that's the big giant ones. There must have been like 20, 30 of them. 
like down this long, you know, counter. And, uh, and I, my first thought is like, well, I thought, amen, uh, you know, because that's, you know, if you like coffee, that's the place to go, obviously. Uh, but, but I thought, man, how many people are here that they need that much coffee uh, on a Sunday morning? Uh, and uh, anyways, it was just over the top. And, uh, and I thought, man, you know, uh, our bun coffee maker in the, in the kitchen, we just need a couple new uh, crafts. They're all dark or whatever. And, and so when I go over to Bargreen Ellison and drop 20 bucks a piece on, uh, on little coffee pots, it's kind of like, you know, like, uh, you know, I uh, don't even like doing it. But I can't imagine maintenancing and keeping up and just the amount of coffee uh, that they go through. We go through probably, I don't know, several thousand, four thousand dollars worth of coffee and supplies and stuff in the course of the year. They're probably on pace for 150,000, I don't know, uh, uh, for all of that. I'm saying all that to say, you know, those things are nice and are wonderful uh, and, uh, and that's what they choose uh, to spend finances on. Uh, and every church uh, has uh, stuff that they do like that. I think um, obviously Creature comforts uh, should be secondary uh, to um, the things that the Lord, that the church has been called to do, right? So we've been called to, to go out in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. So that's why we have uh, the buses and the van to go and to reach people. We'll probably never stop trying to get people to come on that. We always need workers. We're always failing uh, in that endeavor uh, to, to reach people like we should, but that's something that we should do. Baptizing people, obviously, is part of the Great Commission. Uh, you can't have a scriptural church without a baptistry. Uh, that you dunk people in uh, and say, Pastor, why don't we save some money and get like a bird feeder uh, that we put up here uh, on the thing and you can just uh, pour and sprinkle uh, on people when they need to be baptized. It's probably a whole lot cheaper uh, than getting a big tank uh, to put in there. Uh, but Baptist, uh, baptize, baptizo means to immerse. And so a bird bath ain't going to cut it. Uh, we need to have uh, that baptistry. And in the interim, as we try to work that out, if we do have someone who needs to be baptized, uh, we'll go down to uh, Farm and Fleet uh, and get us a cattle trough, or maybe, well, no, we'll just clean, we'll go to the, you know, Goodman's and clean one out uh, in, uh, in the yard and bring it in, uh, and we'll have a, we'll have a baptism. Uh, but um, but we, it, all those things take money, uh, you know, to, to, to operate and to go. And so there's been, um, uh, since the beginning of time, um, uh, the Lord's house uh, has required uh, these offerings. Now, in First Chronicles chapter number 29, and I had to turn to Second Chronicles 29. We'll be there in a moment. I preached recently from there uh, about psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and, uh, and just how that, uh, that Hezekiah, for his revival, uh, they, uh, they went back 300 years, got the instruments of David, and they sang the songs uh, that worked, and they had revival. Uh, they started up the offerings and everything else. Uh, and uh, there's an important phrase I'm going to point out here in a second. But backing up into the first part of chapter 29 of 1 Chronicles, uh, we find it saying, verse 1, Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now, uh, we won't get into it. Please understand, today our body is the temple. Um, the church is the pillar and ground of truth. It's the house of the living God. Uh, God says much about the church and his love for the church, our need to be here to strive together for the gospel, to win people to Christ. Uh, and um, when we assemble, uh, you know, we're, we're the church. The church is the people. It's not the building. 
All right. And, uh, but the building belongs to the Lord, uh, and we need to, to always uh, take care of it uh, and to maintenance it and all those things. Uh, but the palace is not for man, uh, but it's for God. Now, remember, David was a man of war, uh, and uh, apparently war and worship, um, they, they don't really mix. And so he had a heart for uh, the building of uh, the house of God, uh, but his son was the one uh, who is going to take on that task. Uh, but he was preparing for all of that, we find uh, in the previous chapters and up to this. And it's a great, it's a great work, and it's God's work. Uh, and he says in verse 2, Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God the gold for things to be made of gold, and silver for the things of silver, and brass for the things of brass, and iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, and onyx stones, and stones to be set, glistering stones, and of diverse colors, and all manner of precious stones, and marble stones in abundance, which you can't, I don't even know what aisle that stuff is at, at Home Depot. Uh, and, uh, but it was a lot of um, uh, um, gold and silver uh, in things that they would collect. And we read elsewhere that there's artificers in, in, uh, in chapter number 28, verse number, like even verse 21, workmanship, every willing, skillful man, every manner of service. Uh, there are people, they just, you know, the tradesmen, they came in, they did what they did, and God had... Um, specifications that everything needed to be made. Uh, when, um, you know, now uh, it's kind of like, you know, we want to get something, like if it's, let's say the baptistry, uh, we, gotta, we have to get the one out, so we have to measure it, and it's got to come out that window. And then another one's got to go back in that window. So we can't just go on Amazon and buy one, uh, and then be, you know, cut, cutting, the, cutting the wall down to get it in. Uh, there needs to be there's specifications and, uh, and just the right thing. Uh, we can't just, you know, halfway uh, put the caulking in. Uh, and, uh, but when we oftentimes with, uh, with labor, um, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't do our best. We don't, we don't give of our best. We kind of mail it in. Not then. Uh, it was like everything needed to be uh, exact. And so he said, we're setting these things apart for the service of the Lord. And then in verse 3, he says, Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of God, over and above all that I have prepared uh, for the holy house. And so David uh, is uh, the example here uh, that he is laying out. And, uh, and I've got uh, uh, some notes about all of this, and I probably won't get to it. Uh, but um, um, the work, it's a great work. It's the palace for God, not for man. David, the example. And when you read um, uh, the amounts, the measures and the amounts, you can find a lot of uh, illustrations as to how much that is. But, but everything, like even the, the price of gold changes, right? Uh, price of silver changes. Uh, and uh, so, but you can kind of figure out a ballpark figure based on today's economy as to what the value of these offerings and the weight of things. Back then, they used talents and uh, and drams. Uh, and uh, but a t- but you can you find out here's what, how much a talent is, how many tons uh, in our own or metric tons uh, this stuff would be. And so he said in verse four, he said even three thousand talents of gold. So. Uh, Doing a little bit of Google research, um, I figured that out to be uh, 113 tons of gold. All right. So, so he gave 113 tons of gold. Um, one ton, um, say 2002 at the prices, one ton 
uh, of gold, would the value of that would be somewhere with the fluctuations in the market between 52 million uh, and 65 million dollars in today's money. So there was 113 tons. So you do the math. Not right now. Uh, and, uh, but that was a lot. And then there was um, 263 tons of silver. Uh, and I didn't figure out the price of silver because my mind was already blown at the amount of gold uh, that just came from David. All right. And then a little bit later, we find in verse number seven, uh, the people jumped in uh, and they gave 5,000 talents uh, of, and 10,000 drams of gold and then silver, 10,000 talents and a brass, 18,000 talents and 100,000 talents uh, of iron. And so based on just what uh, 3,000 talents would be, you can kind of figure out the astronomical number uh, that was given uh, for the building of God's house. One takeaway that you can have from these illustrations uh, is that uh, it was important. Uh, and there was, a, there was a definite purpose in all of that. Um, and, and, God, and God used His people. Um, Baptist, I heard this in a, from a Baptist preacher years ago. I've used it all the time. Uh, I say God, God has all the money uh, that it takes to, to, to run Berean Baptist Church. Uh, it's just in your pockets. Okay? So, so we've never, uh, and maybe this will happen sometime in the future, but I've never been, ever, churches I've been at and have, and have moved away from to, uh, you know, uh, later on it happens, so maybe it's just me, I don't know. Uh, but they've all come into somebody's left them a bunch of money. And, uh, and uh, so oftentimes when you see a church facility or a, or a youth camp or whatever, that they have wonderful facilities, usually somebody has has left them some money that they've invested in it. Uh, like, like, I would love to build a new building, uh, but, uh, but, but we're challenged at times to just get a baptistry. Are you following me? So it takes money uh, for all those things. And God knows, and it's His, it's his church. Uh, and, uh, but I, I can't, knowing I'm going to preach this and having left, I don't know how many square feet that was with 20, 30 coffee pots. Uh, and uh, to go like, well, I haven't even talked about raising this money for this, uh, for this bus lord, uh, and, uh, and it's next week. Next week is when we're taking up the offering. And hopefully, uh, with uh, you know, uh, me not saying stuff about it, you've been reading about it. Of course, we had our, our business meeting. It's on the calendar, uh, and uh, we're planning for that. Uh, but um, but there's a, it's a goodly amount. It isn't you know, that amount. Uh, that we read, and, uh, and I don't even know what Baptist, probably several thousand dollars from baptistry. Uh, and uh, so um, he, he gives a list of stuff that he had done uh, as the example, uh, and then he ch- says in verse number five, the gold for things of gold and silver things of silver and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of the artificers, and he asks this question, and who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? So he says, um, the work is great. It's, the palace is not for man, but it's for God. Um, they, he laid out the case and had been. Uh, he's, Solomon is going to build it. David says, you know, I'm going to drop, you know, um, let's say if it's 50 million uh, times 113, <laughs> uh, is, that's a lot. Um, so I'm going to drop that in. Uh, and, uh, and then all the silver... And he says, which of you are willing to, you know, to offer uh, your service 
uh, to the Lord. And then we saw, of course, what uh, they jumped in at as, as well. But notice what it says in verse number 9. Then the chief of the fathers and princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands and hundreds with rulers of the king's work offered willingly and gave for the service of the house of God. And there's the list of stuff. Look at verse number 9. And the people, then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. So it says they offered willingly and that they offered with a perfect heart. Now, um, I don't know about you, but I'm not perfect. Uh, and uh, our heart, the Bible teaches us, is desperately wicked. Uh, and, um, but the heart is the seed of affections in our life. It's not our mind, it's our heart. And, uh, and there's a lot of, of course, uh, biology involved, but there's a lot of spirituality uh, involved in all of that. As a man thinketh in his heart, the Bible says, so is he. Or the scripture says, my eye affects my heart. So when I, when I see, you know, 20, 30 coffee pots, giant ones, and uh, all filled with coffee, uh, my eye affects my heart. One, I had to go get one. <laughs> I went and got a cup. Uh, and, uh, but it's like, man, that's awesome. Uh, but, but when the eye affects the heart, it could manifest in um, covetousness, right? Envy, um, virtues that God doesn't want us to have. And, uh, and so uh, I'm like, well, uh, if, if God wants me to have 20, 30 coffee pots, he's going to give me enough people uh, that are going to need 20 and 30 coffee pots. And, uh, and so when I see that, my eye affects my heart. Uh, there's these goals and whatever, uh, but, uh, but those all need to be in line with the Spirit of God as He leads and directs and, and, and guides uh, the church. Obviously, if we invest, if you came in tomorrow and there was a table down the hallway with 20 or 30 coffee pots on it, uh, you'd think I've lost my mind. And uh, even if you're a coffee lover, you're like, that's way too much, Pastor. Uh, and we probably could have paid for a baptistry. Uh, with all them coffee pots uh, that you purchased. And you would be right. Um, so envy and, and just covetousness and just you know, um, comparison, uh, when we do all of that, uh, it, it can affect us, our hearts, in a wrong way. And, uh, and so I went into the service, and there's just a lot of, you know, a lot of things that were there. And uh, the service was a very moving service and uh, was affected in, in a, lo- a lot of different ways, more than just the coffee pots. Uh, but uh, but it, there, there was a, um, uh, there needs to be a, a heart uh, that God can use, and it needs to be a perfect heart, a blameless heart, a heart that is, uh, that is, that's full. When it says uh, with a perfect heart, they were, they were all in. They believed and they followed through and, and they did it f- with a whole heart, a perfect heart, and they were willing to do so. Now, remember I said this was the second time uh, that we find this uh, in the Bible. Uh, let's turn over to um, Exodus, uh, if you will, uh, and um, chapter number 35. Exodus chapter number 35, and I'll just read here from my notes. Uh, but this was the first, the first capital campaign was for the tabernacle. And, uh, and we want to, um, I've got one verse, let me, actually I'll find it myself here, bear with me. Uh, I know it's uh, right up towards the front of my Bible, uh, Exodus chapter number 35, uh, but I have one verse, but there are, I think it starts uh, right away 
uh, in uh, verse number 20-ish or around there. Uh, notice what it says uh, in verse number 20. The Bible says, And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And they came, everyone, and notice what it says, whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of his congregation and of all the service and of the holy garments. And then, of course, uh, there's lists of things. Everything from, I mean, spun goat's hair. Uh, I mean, God, God was very particular uh, about, you know, uh, what he wanted. It wasn't like, hey, you know, like me, like if I go to the store uh, and, uh, you know, Amy gave me a list of stuff, I'm like constantly calling her. It's like, is this the right one? You know, is this or can we get, you know, this? Uh, and, uh, and so like we can compromise, like we could buy something, we could buy a generic item uh, or, or whatever and, uh, and maybe not get what we wanted. Uh, but that just wasn't the case with God. It's like, here's the list. Uh, and, uh, and you need to fulfill all the stuff on the list to the T. Uh, every single detail, uh, every um, uh, uh, kind of, um, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Just material, colors, stones, everything needed to be uh, just right. Verse 29, And the children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work, which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. And so every man and woman whose heart made them willing. Um, sounds a lot like what we read uh, in First Chronicles chapter number 29, uh, that with a willing heart or a perfect heart, their heart made them willing uh, to, to give in a big way to the building of the tabernacle. Uh, to give in a big way uh, to the building uh, of the temple. It's a palace for God uh, and not for man. Uh, but the Bible teaches us that it's, it's a heart matter. It's not, it's, not even, it's not even a financial matter. It's not, a, a dollars, in, it's not dollars and cents. Uh, we live in America, and, uh, and I'm thankful for that. And the bottom line is we spend money on whatever it is we want to spend money on. You don't even have it. Now, now if I was to say to you... Um, you know what? You might not have $1,000 to give for the baptistry um, in cash laying around. So just take your credit card, and uh, a man will be in the office. You just run your credit card uh, and, uh, and give $1,000 that you don't have to the baptistry. If I said that and preached that like for real, uh, people would get upset, Right? Because that's not how we're supposed to live, and that's not how we're supposed to do it. Um, but we'll do it for everything else, except for the house of God. All right? Now, I'm not saying, you're saying we should do it for the house of God. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm just saying that we'll get upset doing things for the Lord's work, that we won't get upset doing it uh, for everything else. Point is, is that whatever it is that we want to spend money on, we will find the money. And if the money is not there, uh, we, we put it on credit. And during this pandemic, um, it's become an epidemic, uh, the amount of consumer debt that people have had on inflation or whatever. Um, but in the Bible, um, when they, they didn't have it, or let's take the, you know, um, 
The Bible says that the, the priests were to live off the offerings and, and the Levites, and there's all kinds of stuff. So uh, every, the tithes, the offerings and things came in. Uh, the priests lived of that. And then when they, they had a need, they would raise the money. And so uh, somebody asked me one time, uh, you know, they say, hey, we need to set a salary for our pastors, a church I was consulting with. Uh, what do you think we should do? And I said, well, do you want the Bible answer? And like, yeah. And I said, well, all the tithes that come in, give it to your pastor. And then when the lights bill needs to be paid, then you take up an offering and you pay the bill for the lights. And they're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, well, that's kind of how they did it in the Bible. Uh, and, uh, and so then I said, oh, don't worry about that. We're under grace. Uh, and, uh, and so I gave them some other, other options. But, but here it was like, okay, the tabernacle needs to be made. Um, couldn't, couldn't God just had went, and there's a tabernacle? Maybe if he wanted to, he could have done that. I mean, he made everything created everything. He could have spoke the tabernacle into existence. And uh, he, could have, he could have said, well, you know what? I mean, I've got some pretty specific needs for this tabernacle and the, and the, or the temple. Uh, and I don't trust you humans <laughs> uh, in getting it right. So I'm just, if it's going to get done right, I got to do it myself. Uh, and he adopted the, the mantra that most of us would, would adopt. Um, but that's why he said, no, it's, you need to do it. Uh, but did, did he say, you know what, all right, every uh, man of the age of whatever and every woman of the age is required to pay this amount, uh, and uh, here's the number of the people of Israel, and uh, divided by, this is the amount we need. Everybody's responsible for this amount. He didn't do that. Um, he said, this is what we're going to do, uh, and then the Bible says that they did it willingly. And whoever's heart was right uh, and perfect, uh, they gave uh, to those needs. Are you with me? Say amen. It's almost, it's almost time to be done. And uh, so let's jump over, if you would, uh, in, uh, to 2 Chronicles in chapter number 29. And uh, I had preached from here, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, about this revival uh, and um, Hezekiah. Uh, what was done, uh, and it was old school. They went, they went backwards. They went back 300 years, uh, and, uh, and we cringe when we like, hey, we want to go back 50 years uh, and sing hymns. People go, whoa, um, and it's like, because that's what God used. That God, the King James Bible, uh, Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs uh, were the catalyst for every revival uh, that we know of in, in history. Uh, and, uh, and so I just, I just don't trust, you know, I, I, I didn't trust New Coke. Uh, and, uh, and I just don't trust new versions, uh, new anything pretty much. And, uh, and so it's old, it's old school for me. Uh, and as long as I'm, as, as long as I'm pastor here, uh, we're not going to get crazy, uh, with, uh, with all the, the new, uh, fangled, uh, ideology, uh, and stuff. Now I'm not against technology, whatever. Maybe the new Baptist we have has a hot tub mode. Uh, and, uh, I, I don't know. It's got jets in it. Uh, you know, so, um, uh, who, who knows what they, what they have, uh, but it's going to be newer <laughs> than the one that's, I don't know how old that is. Uh, it was probably put in when the building was, uh, was built. So, um, somebody have to help me out on that. Uh, but, um, I'm not against new things, uh, except the wrong new things. Uh, and uh, we serve uh, uh, an unchangeable God. So in chapter number 29, Second Chronicles, we, uh, we read uh, and I preached about uh, this revival all the way through there. Uh, and uh, and when, they, um, when they got right, um, and part of getting right uh, was the worship, getting the worship right. Once the worship was right, then the Levites jumped in and they brought a bunch of offering. 
uh, and things that were there. Uh, and, uh, and they did that. And then we get into verse number, um, say, verse number 30 uh, of, uh, well, verse number 29. And when they had made an end of offering, the king and all that were present with him bowed themselves and worshiped. Moreover, Hezekiah the king and the princes commanded the Levites to sing praises unto the Lord uh, with the words of David uh, and of Asaph the seer. And they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed their heads and worshipped. Then Hezekiah answered and said, Now ye have consecrated yourselves unto the Lord. Come near and bring offerings. And they did. Uh, and it lists out um, uh, 600 oxen, 3,000 sheep, uh, and, uh, which uh, were brought in by uh, the Levites. Uh, but then it lists out, um, uh, or excuse me, earlier on, uh, three score and ten uh, and two hundred lambs, etc. And then for the consecrated thing, six hundred oxen, three thousand sheep. Uh, all in all that were brought in, uh, there was uh, twenty seven hundred and five hundred and thirty uh, were brought in by private individuals. So it wasn't the Levites, but it was the people uh, that brought these sacrifices in. And there was so much, if you remember from the message, that the priests couldn't keep up. So they were having to ask, uh, others were jumping in uh, in order to facilitate all the offerings that had come in. And this is what I want you to understand from this passage. Verse number, uh, verse number 35. And also the burnt offerings, which were in abundance with the fat of the peace offerings and the drink offerings for every burnt offering. Those are the things they'd offer burnt offering. The drink offering was what they, uh, what they poured afterwards on top of that. We spoke about that on Wednesday night about Paul saying that he was uh, a drink offering uh, for the offering of the Philippians. He's in jail. Uh, he's saying, my sacrifice of my life complements the sacrifice of your life. Uh, and he was illustrating that from the book of Numbers. Uh, and these offerings, these drink offerings, it's all important. Don't skip, skip it in your Old Testament. Verse 36, And Hezekiah rejoiced, and all the people, that God had prepared the people, for the thing was done suddenly. Now, <clears throat> next week, um, we'll take the offering, uh, and uh, people will pledge to that for the course of the year. Um, people will come prepared uh, to give, you know, in the cash offering to write a check or whatever uh, and do all that. We tally those things up. And so it's, it's, a, it's a week out, and we've been thinking about it, of course, since the beginning of the year. Uh, I haven't been talking about it. It's my fault. Uh, and, uh, but here's the thing. Um, when our hearts are right and our, and, and our hearts make us willing, uh, when we worship God and we're, when we're right with Him, God just takes care of that stuff. And here, it was like an overwhelming amount of critters uh, that came in for this offering. Uh, and they marveled and they praised God because it was done suddenly. There was no preparation. There was no, there was no heads up. Uh, it was, here's what God was doing, uh, and, and now it's time. Uh, and, uh, and so they willingly did that. We, uh, the Bible talks about it as a free will offering. It's something that's voluntary. Uh, it's, it's, it's when God did it, he moved on hearts that were willing uh, and God got the glory. So I'm saying all that today um, as we prepare for next week to say we have to, and, and, and it's, it's more important than the offering. Um, it's to have a, a heart that's right with the Lord. Um, and it's 12.02 and I can't get into all the reasons why our hearts aren't right. But, I mean, we just start listing them off. This is the things we see and the things we hear. Um, our goals and aspirations aren't lined up. Our affection's not set on things above. We mind earthly things. 
Um, we don't have time for God because we're spending all of our time on everything else. We don't have resources to give to the Lord. We know that everything we have belongs to Him. Isn't that what uh, it said in Exodus? It's like, you know, we know that we, we give it, we give it because you give it to us. Uh, and we know that in our head. Uh, but at the same time, it's hard for us to, to let go uh, of because we have plans for that money. Uh, or we're saving that money for uh, a rainy day, whatever the case may be. Uh, but it all comes back to a willing heart. Um, if, if our hearts are right with God and we're walking with God, we'll be soul winners. If we're, if we're right with God and our hearts are right with God and we're walking with God, uh, we're going to give. Uh, we're going to come to church. Uh, we're going to mind the things of God uh, and set our affections in the right place. But our eye affects our heart. We are so completely, totally, um, um, you know, distracted by the things of this world. I saw this ad. I haven't bought any. I probably will, uh, but it's for like emergency food. And I can't remember the company. Uh, and it's expensive. So you buy how um, many pounds and it's like 2,000 calories a day uh, and you stack it up in your garage. And then when, you know, the zombie apocalypse hits, everybody that knows you have it comes steals it from your garage. <laughs> Okay, because that's how, that's how it usually works. Uh, I remember this one time, this family's like, we got food stores for, you know, 50 years. They were in Wyoming or Montana or whatever, and they've got, they got gardens and food stores and canned goods and everything else, but they don't believe in guns. And I'm like, and you just on 60 minutes telling everybody you got all the food and no guns. <laughs> uh, and so if it, if it all falls out and I'm not bit by the zombies, I'm driving to, to Montana and I'm taking all their food uh, with my guns. No. And maybe. Uh, and... Um, so, so it's like, now it's like you can buy one and get three free. So I'm like, ah, oh, maybe it's the time to go ahead and buy. But here's the thing. When God tells us to prepare for the end times, it, it's not to prepare that way. I'm not saying don't do all that stuff. Uh, I meant when, like when Y2K happened, remember that? And uh, I had like maybe 10 gallons of gas and like six crates of ramen noodles, <laughs> uh, and I was ready for the world to end, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, and so, um, and it never happened, right? So when God says to prepare for, for the end, it's, it's preparing here. It's preparing our hearts. Are we ready to meet the Lord? Uh, I was thinking about this memorial, and, um, you know, from, uh, from the time he found out he had it till the time he was gone, uh, and it was a short amount of time, uh, and, um, but he was prepared to go. Uh, he, you know, he was, he, he didn't have to, you know, the testimony was he didn't have to call 50 people and apologize for all the ways he'd done them dirty. Um, he, he, he just, he was just ready to go. Are you ready? Is your heart right with the Lord? Uh, and if your heart is right with God, what does that look like in your life? Does, if your heart was right and, um, and you were walking with God, um, does that equate to like whatever it is that you're doing with your life right now? Um, is, is it consistent uh, with a, a devoted life, a, a cross-bearing, crucified life that God wants us to live? Probably not. Um, you're saying, if I'm right with God, that I'm just going to uh, you know, give all my money to the church and whatever. I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm, I'm saying that we probably can tell what we, what we love um, by what the things we spend money on. Uh, and, uh, and that's true for me. It's true for everybody else. So, is your heart right with the Lord? Now, I mentioned the invitation time, and I'm out of time. You know, when we pray, this is the way I'd like for you to pray. I'm not, I'm not asking you to pray, Lord, what should I give next week for this offering? I'm asking you to pray to get your heart right. 
so that so your, your willing heart um, will, will dictate what you give. Because if your heart's not right, you won't give. Uh, and if you do, it isn't going to be what God wants you to give. Um, but beyond, if your heart's not right, it's not only, but that's going to affect your marriage, your kids, your job, your life, your health. Um, we, need to, we need to make sure our hearts are where they need to be. And we do that through prayer. Uh, and we're going to do it today through an invitation prayer uh, and praying towards that God. I need, so it could be today that you pray and ask God to forgive you from, for sin. It could be that uh, you're asking God, you know, you're confessing you know, a commitment that you didn't. I don't know what it, whatever it is, but is your heart right with God um, is the question. Because they, everything hinged on having a willing, perfect heart uh, then, and it does now. And, uh, and by the way, it's a daily thing. As you pray and you know, you're confessing things to God, I'm not, I'm not saying that you can pray and, and have a heart that's clear of offense of God and man uh, today uh, and have to do it again tomorrow. Maybe have to do it again before you get done with lunch uh, because that's how messed up we are. Um, but, but we should desire to have a heart that's willing uh, to, to set apart and to give for the work of the Lord uh, in our tithes and offerings and normal stuff. Um, but it's, it's one of the reasons why, as pastors, they cringe at raising money, having capital campaigns and stuff, uh, because they know their own heart and they know the hearts uh, of the people. Uh, and we just got a whole lot going on. And, uh, and so hopefully... Um, my goal, my plan, next week, whatever comes in, um, I just want our church to be right with the Lord and walking with God. Would you pray that way today? Let's all stand, and we're going to have an invitation time, and uh, we've got time. There's no baptisms uh, to come up, but we've got time to pray. I don't want you to uh, put stuff away right now. I don't want you to grab your jackets and put your jackets on or anything.